Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19, all new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. The Dort. Podcast. Rich Keith. It's the Dort. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Hashtag Dork. My name is Rich Keefe, joined as always by Davey Eyeballs. He is Rick Rude Von Dick, dude. He is... It's Ryan. It's Ryan! It's my Ryan! My Ryan! All here, the King of Ginger Ale. It's Ryan Davey. Davey, how are you? I missed that sounder, by the way. That's a good yeah, one. Too. I, have a I, I am great. I'm coming off a great night last night. Hell yeah. I went to Bill Burr with Mac of the Mac and Goo podcast. Oh, at Fenway Park. Oh, we had a time. Can you, we have time for a quick story? Oh, that's the whole idea of the that's podcast. the whole idea right? of a podcast, right? I get a long so, story for fuck's sake. I don't care. All right. So we get there, right? And you didn't go, did you? No, because I was just getting back from my, I went to upstate New York with my oh, right, wife. Right. And so, right, 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 right. so I was like, when the tickets came out, I was going to get it. And then I was like, oh, we're going to be out of town. I just got in like that late, yeah. late afternoon night. So, so I was like, anyway, no, I didn't. Everyone within a 50 mile radius of Boston was there. Um, and I have an, uh, as an aside, I have a new great, uh, literally rubbing against a celebrity, a Boston celebrity story. Yeah, Both, uh, Will Middlebrooks and Jenny Dell brushed me. So that's I wouldn't fun. say Will Middlebrooks is a celebrity. He's doing the post. He's doing the Red Sox post game things on Nesson and everything, right? I mean, you think Lenny Denardo is a celebrity? Very tall, very tall. By the way, yeah, 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 yeah. Good guy. Anyway, so sure. we're there, and it's crazy because we go through all the security. They make you put your phone in like the little bag and like all that stuff, right? Because it turns out they're filming. They were clearly filming a special because there were several like. Hundreds of thousands of dollar cameras in this. I hope so. I oh, mean, yeah. you're at Fenway, the first comedian at Fenway Park, they better. Be that thing. He definitely sold that shit out. Like it was people oh, everywhere. So, good, good. um, we're like five times people are asking us for our seats, like where, like for our tickets, and I'm like, how the hell do you think I'm fucking standing here? Like I got, I got in like four security checks. Like yeah, I have tickets. So this lady's like, oh, and I'm like, oh shit, like what, what is gonna happen right now? Right. So we got pretty good seats. So we were like, picture like where second base is, yep. like looking towards center. So we were like 50 rows deep. And the, the, the woman's like, see that, that camera scaffolding right here? This is where your seats are supposed to be. So we we're like, oh, shit. So, now so I'm looking at Mac. By the way, Mac's dad is an absolute beauty. Like blue check verified beauty. And I'll get to that in a second. So I've heard stories. Oh, he's a beauty. So I meet him. He's awesome. Right. So, um, so like, our, so they're looking around, like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And so the lady's like, all right, well, and I'm thinking to myself, like, I'm not taking worse seats at this point. Oh, no, hell no. They put us eight throw dead center. So that you got an upgrade. They we got an upgrade. So we got upgraded to like the best seats in the fucking house. Holy smokes. So Mac's dad is like, I don't know what happened. This is a true story. All right. So he's, we're in the eighth row, like dead red, like dead center. And so it's you, it's Ryan, me, my wife, Mac, sorry, Mac's my Mac. wife, Mac, yep. his dad, and right. like three of Mac's friends. Okay. Right. Oh, and f- like four of Mac's friends. So, um, 
every once in a while, I see Mac's dad just every once in a while, he'll just jump a row. He just kept moving forward <laughs> and like kept getting bounced from a seat, but then would move up. <laughs> nice. And then, and then eventually he was gone. So we're like walking out, like after the show, I'm like, Mac, where's your dad? He's like, I don't know. So on stage. He just, he made it the, all guy's the, way a, the guy's an absolute beauty. Like he just kept getting further and further closer to the stage until he was gone. <laughs> no one saw him again. <laughs> disappeared. And for my last trick, I will yeah. disappear. That's pretty yeah, good. So that was it. And then we were walking out and it was great. We had a great time. Good show. Love it. So yeah, good shit. That was my story. Sorry. Uh, it was like a great night. That's a great time. Did you now did you um watch his live at Red Rocks performance? And I if didn't, so okay. I didn't because know how much I didn't want any like overlap. Yeah, I didn't know how much there'd be either. Yeah. I'm gonna watch it now, but so speaking of funny stuff, mm -hmm. this is like a four or five year old video. And I loved it then, and then I forgot about it and I moved on. And then it somehow came up on Twitter again this weekend, and it had me fucking laughing nonstop. Yeah, of course, what I'm referring to is grab his dick and twist it. I have a new appreciation for this video. I watched it a thousand times. I was dying laughing. I was to the point where late at night we were we were sharing because we were at my in-laws, so we were sharing a room, me, my wife, and my daughter, and they're yeah. they're asleep, and I'm it's in it's complete darkness, and I'm just laughing about it, like under the covers, like hysterically laughing. <laughs> I love everything about this video. I love that. I so again, you, we've all seen the dick twist guy, but just yes. to, to re to to re remember. Grab his dick and twist it. Oh my god, dude, this is an MMA fight, dude. You twist much. that dick. Twist his dick. Twist his dick. Oh my god. Oh my god. dick twist. The whole dick twist. The way the guy stands up. That alone kills me. The guy just he, like pops he up stands up like guns blazing. Like he really wants that to happen. Cause like everything about it is funny to me. So it's like grabbing somebody's dick immediately is funny, but he doesn't stop there. If there's further instruction, it's grab his dick and twist it. And he stands up like he's mad about it. And there's also a, a girl sitting in front of that guy. Yes. Who is hysterically laughing like she's laughing so hard and so i was i showed the video again to my wife and she's i'm like look at this girl i go this girl's die laughing she's like well that guy was probably saying it all night that's what i every oh. time i watch that video like that guy who was in front of him probably's like all right he's gonna say something else i'm just gonna have the camera ready grab his dick and twist it <laughs> like he was probably saying that like over and over and over again or had some <laughs> other funny shit he was saying too and that guy also appears to be sitting by himself. And yes. so I think he's at this probably low-level MMA fight instructing the fighters to grab the other guy's dick and twist it. To grab his dick and he's like, grab it and twist it. Grab no, like, dick. no, you're not doing it. Like, I can hear him, like, in my head be like, no, do it. Then he finishes the old dick twist. And he <laughs> <laughs> Like, he's throwing a curveball. Like, no, dick twist. But he's like. I mean, again, it could all be staged. It's fucking, it's the internet, so it could be staged. Right. Like, he doesn't even look down at the guy filming him. He just, like, he pops up like he has to say this. Like, he pops up like he's just like, Grab his dick and twist it! Oh, my God, dude, this is an MMA fight, dude. You twist much. that dick! Twist his dick! Twist his dick! Oh, my God. Oh, dick twist! <laughs> Who is the wrestler? Whose finishing move? He looked like Rick Rude, but his finishing move was like someone would grab his dick, and then he would oh. like. Oh, was it Joey Ryan? Was it that might have been. 
Yeah. I think it was Joey Ryan. That was his thing. And like, it's very controversial in the wrestling world because some yeah. are like, that's bullshit. Like that. Others are like, it's pretty entertaining. And so, yeah, like somehow he would always convince his opponent to grab his dick. Grab and then his, his dick. dick and like, then he would do this thing where he would like pretend to like body slam them, but they yeah. would just like be holding his dick and like flip over. I think the dick would suplex the guy. Right. 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 Yeah. Cock push ups. <laughs> How many can you do? Well, one. Well, one is all you need, right? That's all you really need. <laughs> anyway, so very, uh, very good. So I just, if you need a laugh, that I just watched that on a loop this week. Yes, that nebbish young man who's all about dick twists. This week in well, I'll tell you what, Ryan. We have a lot going on in the TV world right now as we are, are ending summer, approaching fall. And I saw on Twitter that you very much enjoyed the She-Hulk Attorney at Law premiere. I did. Yeah. I liked it. Like, it's not... It's uh, it's exactly what I thought it was going to be, but kind of better. Like, I, I thought it was going to be kind of like this, uh, you know, reluctant, you know, Jennifer Walters, like being a Hulk, but like wanting to keep her career, being a career where my... And I, I, I liked it until somebody on Twitter, like, told me that I'd turn in my man card. Oh, what, what the fuck is that? Horrible, what a horrible phrase. What a horrible fucking... And that's stupid. Man like, you're card. stupid. And they go, uh, well, there's all this thing that's like, this like woke women show and blah, blah, blah. Like, if... First of all, it's make believe. As as you and I have discussed, it's 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 for entertainment. It's the not giant like, Hulk characters aren't real. Other, oh no, they're not. They're not. And okay. there's you know, um, if you know you have an issue with a woman with having like brains in her head, then that's more that says you having a problem with this show because of what a woman says says more about you than it says about the show. Just to throw that out there. And you know me, I love green women. Uh, Gamora, oh, She Hulk, sure do. I'm in on it. I think it's like. It's tricky having another character talk to the camera because it's not Dead Deadpool because Deadpool does it so yeah. well. And so I don't know. Uh, they're going with the half hour comedy sort of there's going to be some uh, wacky hijinks in court, I assume, and things mm -hmm. like that. I wonder if there's going to be less Hulk going forward because obviously you kind of needed to like intro the character so it's a lot of hulk and she hulk together yeah i wonder if there's gonna be less of him going forward i think I'm there will be and i think there was that was a great like interaction between the two of them yeah. like that for that entire episode like how they're, they're going back and forth and um so him, on I, I, I'm, I'm gonna punch myself in the head for saying this term but him mansplaining hulking to her yeah 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 that was uh you gotta lose your bad card hey yeah, there goes your bad card right okay cool yeah, yeah, because I enjoyed a TV show that that features women who have things to say. Yeah, sorry. Man. Yeah. Anyway, I I liked it. I didn't love it, but I liked it. I got. I think it was. Um, there's kind of like a real clear tier system that we went over. Yes. To me, in the in the MCU shows, like so, it's better than the bad ones. It's not as good as the good ones. At least after mm -hmm. one episode. So we'll see. See what the hell happens. A show I love, like unapologetically love, and I think. We're gonna have to kickstart this thing into getting a season two because it hasn't oh, been yeah. picked for season two yet. We got to put it on us. So the Dork Podcast is gonna turn this thing around. Yep. The Sandman added like a surprise two-part episode at the end. So if you finished the Sandman on Netflix, they added another little two-parter. And I saw somebody ask Neil Gaiman. They were like, "Hey, yeah, should we watch this? Like, is it meant to be watched like in between seasons?" And he's like, "Yeah, it's meant to be watched after season one." And before, hopefully, season two, I was like, the yeah. "Fuck!" And then I saw, then I saw someone. So then someone responded to that, who was 
like an entertainment blog or website or whatever. And like, if you want a season two of Sandman, you actually have to watch it now because they base it off engagement. So like, wh- however yeah. many people are watching this show determines whether or not Netflix will pick it up for a oh second season. God. How did Lock and Key so, get three seasons? And well, there's, don't there's another show him. on there too that I'm like, how the fuck? Like, was it like a... The Santa Clarita diet or some shit like oh, yeah. that. Like yeah, that yeah. has like two seasons and yeah. So watch like, the Sandman. Everybody out there, watch the Sandman yeah. for for that. And it'll be our episode next week. So and watch. I I am here to tell you that I am through episode seven. Okay. Episode six is one of the better episodes of television I've seen in years. The one with yeah. uh, um, death and awesome. Hob awesome episode that episode is incredible yeah so if you you just like oh they're all good but for whatever reason i was like captivated by that episode i love that episode too i i finished the original run i haven't watched the it's like an hour episode 11 they're calling it uh because i wanted that a little bit more fresh in my mind when we do the episode but Mm -hmm. i watched the whole season and absolutely loved it um and okay i don't want to get too much into it we'll talk about it like the, the fight between dream and the devil was fucking cool too awesome yeah, yeah. So, so cool i'm gonna i gotta go back and reread the whole arc too the it's i think it's 75 issues so it's split up in all different collected editions and things like that but yep. one of the best comic books ever written oh and the other thing too so the diner episode someone mentioned the diner episode in the chat um if you listen to the uh they did an audible did like a um like a podcast of like the sandman series with like james mac james mcavoy is dream yeah, that in the audiobook is fucking amazing. That amazing. Diner, that diner episode was one where, like, fifteen minutes in, I was like, I don't like this one, and then by the end, I was like, Holy shit! Oh my, yeah. like, this is incredible! Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that was great. Uh, we got a teaser for The Last of Us, and Ryan, this show, I think it's it's HBO, so I have full full faith in this. But the casting we liked, and we were doing that, mm-hmm. and then like every little like still images we've liked, and this was a mini teaser. HBO ran like a three minute thing of like shows that are coming mm-hmm. out this year, and there was like a twenty second chunk of The Last of Us. But just that alone looks like we're going to be in pretty good shape here. Where and but when you say pretty good shape, they're going to deliver a quality show. Whether or not I'm going to be in good shape after the first couple episodes is anyone's guess. It's unlikely. Um, yeah, it's I'm I'm at the point now where like I've told my wife like you are gonna watch every second of this show with me. Yep, and I think she's going to be very upset with me, um, for about the first half hour of that show. Yeah, it's intense because you saw a glimpse. You know what I'm talking about, and you saw a glimpse of it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Not happy. Hey. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> uh, Nick Offerman too popping up, which which is strange because the guy who plays that character in the game is an actual actor. Like, why didn't they just have him? I don't know. They must maybe clearly... do it or something. Yeah. <laughs> Needed a bigger name. I don't know. Who knows what these busy. Hollywood people do? He was busy that weekend. Hmm. Right. Debut episode last night, House of the Dragon. Mm-hmm. Over 10 million people have already watched this. Were you one of them? Yes. What did you think? It was it was a hard watch. I think they went all in on like the gore and the that was tough. Like if, I mean. It was intense. There was a lot of very, very intense stuff. Not for the squeamish by any means. No. But I also... And I have a pretty hard stomach when it comes to that stuff. And I found myself, like, looking through my fingers at some point. Yeah, there was... Oh, for sure. There were some parts that were uh, 
more than unsettling. And I know there was a lot of uh, backlash, obviously, from the final season and the finale specifically of Game of Thrones. And it led people to be like, ah, fuck this show. Uh, clearly, that's not true. Everybody watched right. it. At least they gave it a shot. And I'm all here for it. I'm in. I uh, Unfortunately, I think I did too much reading leading up to it where I think I know exactly what happens. However, yeah. I'm good Don't with tell me. I won't. And I'm looking forward to it because the fear that people had with the original Game of Thrones was they ran out of source material. Yeah. And then it was left to a couple of idiots that didn't know what they were doing and kind of fumbled it at the end. Whereas this, you're going back into something that was already written. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like this is, I believe, 10 episodes. Who knows? There could be multiple seasons because this takes place roughly 200 years prior to when we pick up Game of Thrones. And did you think that they were a little too heavy handed with that? Like, do you think they were like, with like they did the thing in the beginning, like 157 years before the birth of Daenerys Targaryen? And like, it was like, they like. I think they need to simplify it because. Again, go ahead. People. Go ahead, say it. Ninety percent of this country dumb. is dumb. Well, not only is it dumb, but honestly, I think they're going to hear the name Targaryen. People are going to see the young girl that's really blonde and be like, and "Think is it's that her? her?" Yes, it's not. Okay, yeah. people are dumb. So I, yeah. I think they needed to be clear with that. And I will say, I would say, I said ninety percent. It's more like eighty. So a good firm eighty. Good firm eighty percent of the people. That's what in Seinfeld they say. Like, what do you think? What do you think of the population is dateable? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. He's like, no, like 25%. He's like, are you out of your mind? Yeah, way too yeah. high. Way <laughs> yeah. too high. Yeah. So House of the Dragon, though, I'll tell you, I, I, again, I went in, like, not knowing what to expect, but I really liked the first episode. I think this will be a good show, and this will definitely be a standalone episode later on. This might even be, because the show is, if, if it maintains this level, it might even be a show that we try to do, like, a post-show recap of. Yeah, I miss those, man. Because that I was miss, fun with Game of Thrones, and we got a lot yeah. of people watching those. So I miss I miss doing those too. And there's not there hasn't really been a show. We could have done it with Saul. Um, Honestly, I thought so too. If you look at the numbers, not many people watch Saul. Like two million people, I think saw it. That's Ten dumb. million watched the opener. That's of dumb. I, I bet this, but I bet the streaming numbers are going to be off the charts once the whole could series be. is on Netflix. Could be. Yeah. Uh, the other thing we got was a trailer for Wednesday. The Adam's family, Jenna Ortega, who I love, she's in like a bunch of great movies, not just Scream, but she's in a lot of really good movies this mm-hmm. year. She plays Wednesday Adams, and you have Catherine Zeta Jones as Morticia, and you have uh, Luis Guzman in there as the dad. So, yeah, you in on this? You gonna watch the show? Absolutely, because my older daughter is like super into like the Adams family. I think this is gonna be a little dark, but I, I think she can handle it now. But, um, yeah. We were the Adams family for one Halloween. I was Gomez. It did not look. I did like the butt cut. Like I did like the middle part. It did not look Is good. That on me, but um, she was Wednesday and she loves Wednesday Adams. So I'm going to try this with her if it's not too much. For uh-huh. Her. Very good. But it's Tim Burton, you know, so it's it's probably going to be yeah. cool, right? I'll give it a, I'll give it a, uh, yeah. uh, I'll probably give it a, give it a sniff. All right. Right. <laughs> This is should I have bought this? And you can send us uh, an item that you purchased or items that you purchased at dorkpodcast.gmail.com. $25 minimum. We encourage much, much more than that. And Davey and I will answer the question, should I have bought this? This one comes in from Ben. Uh, he says, been listening to the podcast for a long time. Finally decided to send in an entry to should I have bought this? And Ryan, for the people not streaming this on YouTube, uh, what are we looking at right here? Oh, shit. So this looks like I can't tell you the, oh, it says it at the top. 
Yep. He has is this a poster or is this a no these like a, are these it's it's framed. A, yeah. So it's a it's huge a, frame, which looks like the entire Topps baseball card series from it says 1985. Now yeah, these this individual is, cards. It's an uncut sheet. So this is how cards originally come out. Yeah, and they cut them. Yeah. And then they cut them after. So it's not oh. the full set, but there's probably like a handful of sheets like this that then make up the set. Right. Um, I don't even know. I didn't even do the counting. It's probably like a hundred cards. It looks like roughly ten by well, ten. We can do the thing where we count the columns in the row. So like <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven times one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Eleven times twelve. Grab his dick and twist it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So even more. So that what one hundred twenty-one? Yeah. Something like that. No. Hundred. Right. Yeah. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Well, one hundred thirty-two. 132. All right, fine. Yeah. Uh, he goes, it's a, a little unique as I've had part of it for a while, but recently spurged, uh, uh, splurged on getting it preserved and framed. So he says the item is an uncut sheet of 1985 Topps baseball cards that I bought for around really cheap, by the way. I'm not going to say, but really cheap. Anybody bought it 20 years ago. So he says, like, with inflation that comes up, whatever he goes. But if you couple it with the blank, amount of money spent on the mounting and framing and as we've learned in this exercise ryan that is an expensive endeavor yes uh, it definitely flies over the 25 dollars. goes even after investing that much my girlfriend recommended that i hang it in my office so that i can enjoy it and so that no guests are forced to see it he says he goes i've been collecting baseball cards since i was a kid and this sheet has always been cool to me with all the greats on it such as tom siever raleigh fingers i went as him for halloween one year great costume uh, Dwight Evans, Jim Rice, Bill Buckner, Tim Raines, many more. Looking forward to hearing from you, uh, your guys' thoughts on it. As I know you're both big baseball fans, I've included several pictures so you can see some of the cards better. So I figured I, I only saved off the one, but I can zoom in. And so you can see, like, you know, pretty yeah. slick. 1985 cards. Pretty slick. Pretty slick. A little, a little Craig Nettles there. That's a good one. I see a Mike Schmidt. Mike, Sch Mike the Schmidt. That one alone's probably worth something. Look at I was looking. Guys. I was as we, oh Robin Yount. That's a good one. Steve Carlton, Tom Seaver. Oh yeah, look at this guy, Moose Hoss. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Andy Van Slyke. Andy Van Slyke's a good one. Sixto Lagonzo. Get <laughs> Dewey on there. Oh, Bill Buckner. Dicky Thon. Dicky Thon. Who's that Red Sox over there? Is that Jim Rice? Uh, Dwight Evans, Bill Buckner, Jim Rice. Bottom yep. right, yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, yep. Tim Raines, Eddie Murray. This, I mean, there's some, there's some decent ball players on here. Some Hall of Famers. Yeah, Willie oh, McGee, yeah. former MVP, ugliest, ugliest baseball player I've ever seen. Willie McGee or Otis Nixon? Ooh, Otis Nixon did resemble uh horror legend Freddy Krueger. Yes, he did a little bit. Actually, so did Jorge Cantu. Jorge Cantu looked like him as well. Yeah, Willie McGee, not. Uh, attractive, but he did he was lead, MVP, lead, wasn't he? He led the league in hitting one year. Yeah, I think he was MVP. Was he MVP? I think so. He might have even been MVP in 85 now that you mentioned How it. How about a Yankees Ken Griffey Sr.? Ooh. Ooh. Bobby Brown, not the artist, though, right? Just not the, the artist. Part. No. I'm having fun. This is like we used to play that game where you just like name baseball players and see them out. Dude, Dave, Dave Steve, he threw a no hitter Dave once. Did he really? Yeah. Jimmy Johnny Baseball there. Look at look at Raleigh Fingers' fucking mustache. Look at that. Look thing. at him go. So that's Jimmy what it was. I had, -star. I had a fake mustache. That's all I had. Mm -hmm. And I curled it one day. And I'm like, boom, Halloween costume. 
So I went as Raleigh Fingers. I got an A's hat, an A's shirt. I wore baseball pants and like the old like Adidas that looked like the cleats kind of thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The turfs. So I showed up at a uh, Halloween party. Friend of the podcast, Shark. Only one that knew who the hell I was, but he fucking got a good kick out of it, so it was worth it. Uh, Look at Mike Stenhouse is in here. Ozzy Virgil. Bo Diaz. Who? Oh, Rich Gossage. Who's Gossage? Yeah, he's in there. Steve Trout. You know, I wanna... I'm trying anyway, to think of how many guys like all-stars. Gary Gaetti. Look at that guy. Look at this fucking guy. All right. What a fucking guy. Moose Hoss. All right. So <laughs> Moose Hoss. All right. So how so, much does it cost? All included mounting, framing, and I'll even tell you when he bought the cards, it was really cheap. But I'm going to say all in, all in. Out the door, $125. 200 no, I'm not doing this for $200. <laughs> it's a chunky. <laughs> <laughs> it's very cool. I'm very cool. Very cool. Um, I love how we fucking go through the whole goddamn thing. Like, oh, this is tits. I'm like 200 bucks. No. Get the fuck out of here. Like, Honestly, it, is, so it's, it is cool. It is a cool thing to have. But. You got to figure seventy five percent of that cost is the framing and mounting, right? Well, that's the problem. So this is what he said. He said he bought the fucking cards for ten bucks. Yeah, that's like that makes sense to me. And if you yeah. said like, it was a hundred bucks to like get it mounted and framed, I'd be like, cool. Two hundred bucks? No way. Oh my god, the framing fucking is is a br- is brutal. Because I like card, I like a poster like that too. Because like what we just did, you could do the same thing and look and stare at all the different names, call out the names. And so that's the, like, so basically with the Marvel cards, that's the same poster you had, except for they were the Marvel cards. Yep, it's I still have still it right above your head. Yeah. I still have it behind me over here. I got the the Marvel card, so every once in a while it doesn't have, but it doesn't have Ryan Sandberg on it, which this does. That's true. Or yeah. uh, Dick Thorn or Dicky Thon, <laughs> Moose Hoss, Frank Tahana. <laughs> Grab his dick and twist it. By the way, I love these like Rick Wild Thing Vaughn gloves that these pitchers are using too. The oh. fingers are like straight up. Outrageous. Like 13 inch gloves. Massive. So by the way, uh, just to answer the question for Ben, it's going to be a no for us, but I actually really like it. It's just the $200 is insane. Right. It's the price. It's not, it's not the item. It's the price. I like the item. Wait, Danny Darwin. He's fucking in there. <laughs> Bert Hooten. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it would be Moose Hooten. Moose Hooten would be a good name. Moose Hooten would be an awesome name. <laughs> what was my, every time I create a character in MLB The Show, what the fuck, fuck, what did I call? Slim uh, Dickens. Slim, <laughs> Slim Dickens. Yeah, there looks like a couple Slim Dickens out here. Ooh, Tom Bernanski with the twins. Bruno. Bud Black. Another one. There's like, there's some all-stars on here. Oh, Kent Herbeck. <laughs> Oh, yeah, Terry Francona with the Expos. Look at him. Skinny little fucker, huh? Jack Clark, of course, famously uh, filed for bankruptcy, and I was at a Red Sox game when people threw dollar bills at him. <laughs> that's not nice. That's not nice. All right, anyway, that's a, that's a place, should I have bought this? It's a, <laughs> it's a fun a, game. Hey, should I have bought this to become a little bit more cutthroat? We can't say yes to everything, right? That's true. We are pretty nice. Yeah. We are pretty nice. Uh, so, again, I love it, but... You know what? You're you're better off considering it's ten bucks. It's basically a poster. Just fucking tack it to the wall. <laughs> I think the who who was it last week? What he said was apt for this this section of the show. He said, "I've spent more on dumber shit." Yep, oh, that's great the tagline line. of, of this line. whole thing. 
Yeah, you got to come in with a thick skin. You don't give a rat's ass what we say really about it. But I uh, yeah. appreciate you sending those in again. Dorkpodcast at gmail.com. And you could also be a part of said segment. It's time for Davey's video game minute. Even if it takes more than a minute. All right, Rob, what do you have? So I have, I tweeted this out earlier last week, right after we did the podcast. Um, I may have found my two, two of my favorite games of the year in one day. Wow. Last week. So I started playing a game called Cult of the Lamb, which the only way I can describe it is it's a macabre um, mixture of Zelda and Animal Planet. Like it, it it's this fantastic game out of this indie developer out of australia believe it or not the indie game market in australia is now like booming wow this thing had like they must have had like a million players concurrently like at one point like it's 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 going to be the best-selling game of this month um last month by the way it was um multiverses yep the wb game yep. that's like free to play and all that stuff so that was and then this comes on the show and this game is just killing it right now um it's nice. super fun so basically, like you go in these Zelda-like dungeons, and you know, do your thing, and you come back, and you have to like develop this cult of people who follow you. And the more followers you have, the more powerful you get, and the more you know you can unlock certain things and whatever. So you have to like tend. You, basically, you have to go pick up shit, turn it into fertilizer to make <laughs> your plants. You have to make food for these people. You have to do sermons. You have to do all. So it's very involved. It's very dense. All right. Um, and the game is actually like the gameplay is great. Uh, animations like super cute and funny, but you're like ripping things heads off. What are you the playing on? Uh, you so you can play it on anything. So if you have a Switch, you can play it on Switch. I, I'm playing it on PlayStation. Um, okay. Um, my wife got a hold of this. I was actually because it's called Davy's Video Game Minute, and I actually toyed with the idea of her coming in and talking about it because it didn't speci- it didn't specify which no, Davy you talked to. Eddie so Davey. she, I, I was like, oh my God, I played like for like an hour and a half. I'm like, this is actually really cool. You should try this. And then I never played it again because she is like all over it. You know how she get with her animal crossing. Animal crossing. Holy smokes. I said animal. Did I say animal planet first? Yeah, you did say animal I might have. Animal crossing. Yeah. I might have said, crossing. I might have said, so <laughs> I then like, I, I, so that game is like 25 bucks. It's not, it's not expensive. Yeah. And then I picked up this other game for like 15 bucks called Roller Drome. And the way I described this on Twitter, I don't know if you saw it. It was like, think of Tony Hawk, right? But you're on roller skates. All right. I'll play along. Okay. Roller skate and Tony Hawk. So you can do flips. You can do like grinds. You can do tricks, but you're on roller skates. And you're, you're like lukewarm to that. It's a tepid response. You're like, all right. I'm not sure. Okay, Rich, what if I give you dual wielding pistols and you shoot people while you do it? I am obviously in on that. You are in on that. So this game, it's it's actually super fun. Um, you get style points for like being like upside down when you shoot people, like grinding when you shoot people. And there's like, ah, it's actually laser beam. It's better than fireballs, you pussy. And there's this like <laughs> match better than fireballs, you pussy. It's uh, it's there's people who shoot lasers at you. Like snipers have like the laser beams on you, and you have to dodge out of the way. Well, what's your what's your dork score for the game? Five right now. It's five okay. out of six. I haven't finished it yet. So, so both five, dual fives out of sixes yeah. for these yeah, games. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. and uh, shit. What was I going to say? You tripped me up. Oh, oh I, I forgot to mention. You. So I forgot to mention in. Uh, I have it in my notes. I forgot to mention about Cult of the Lamb. So at some point, the enemies you kill, like you collect their bones, and then you can build certain things. Like you can use it as a currency. So. 
what I'm trying to say to you, Rich, if you're picking up what I'm putting down. The bones are their money. So are the worms. They pull your hair off, but not out to turn it to a man and have another chance at life. But if they pull it out, they turn to bones. So, yeah, so you use the bones to do these sacrifices and these rituals, which then give you more followers, give you more people. So, in a sense, pretty amazing. The bones are the, their money. I don't know about the worms. We haven't gotten to the worms yet. But oh, no, no, no. I, that's pretty I would assume that the, so are the worms, but. It snakes up to this big. Um, and by the way, so the last thing I will mention, then we get to the, the real shit. So, you know, yeah. that company, uh, One Up Arcade, that Goo has the Turtles one. Yeah, yeah. So they had NBA Jam. They got Street Fighter. They got all these hits. You know what they just dropped? NFL Blitz. Oh, no. Could you imagine having a stand-up NFL Blitz in the Dragon's Lair where you are right now? Pretty amazing. You I would probably never leave. They would probably just set you up a pot. I love it in here so much. I, I would never, I don't want to leave yeah. already, let alone if I got blitz. <laughs> you get NFL blitz. Jump passes over yeah. the middle to Mike Allstott. Not to be a bragger, but this is a true story. And they even had like the, uh, even when you were playing against a real life person, there was sort of like the computer assist was oh, on. That was the worst. That and NBA Jam. I don't know why that, was it Bally who did that? I don't know why yeah, they maybe. did that. Even yeah. with, I shit you not, there was a kid I went to school with, and he was over at the house in elementary school in NFL Blitz. No word of a lie. I beat him 100 to nothing. And there was, like, like the computer like was trying to help him, and I beat yeah. him 100 to nothing. Anyway. <laughs> was it me? Not, it wasn't, it was <laughs> it wasn't me. I was, was too good with the Bucks. It was somebody else. It was somebody else. Uh, oh, the Tampa Bay Bucks? Oh, yeah, yeah. Blitz. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, very good. That's uh, Dave's video game minute. Appreciate that very much. Uh, Ryan, y'all ready for bisque? Topic is your time, Ryan. What about it? Well, I'm glad you asked. It's the topic of the day. And today, Better Call Saul season six, a.k.a. the final season of Better Call Saul. It was 13 episodes broken up into two parts, seven and then a final six. The first five seasons of the show were each 10 episodes. So. It totaled, and this is pretty amazing, 63 episodes total of Better Call Saul, which is exactly one more than Breaking Bad. That's awesome. I don't know if they did that on purpose or just how it worked, uh, but let's specifically on the final season, spoiler free, as we do with all of our TV and movie reviews, Ryan, did you like it? It was as close to perfect a season of television that I've seen. Hard to argue. I would tend to agree with that very much. That's why my next question, and I already knew the answer to that one, but again, things we, we have time to sit on it. We're not handing out any dorkies on uh, August 22nd, but as of right now, is this the best TV show of 2022? It is the leader in the clubhouse. Yeah. It is for right now. And again, you have a very Stats. strong season of Stranger Things. You have Severance. Yep. You have... I think Ted Lasso was a test season of Ted Lasso Barry. this year. Barry. You have um, the, the Bear. Bear was fucking great. Shorzy, uh, which I, I know not a lot of people like that show. I like Shorzy, but not a lot of people do. But uh, Euphoria was really good. Season two that came out the beginning. Session, which I still haven't watched. Maybe I feel maybe I feel my Saul Breaking Bad universe void with a little Succession. Yeah, get in there because I think season is it three or four is coming out like the end of the year. Three, mm -hmm. 
four. I don't even remember, but I've seen the all that it's very, very good. So yeah, I think right now it is. Oh, by the way, Sandman. I fucking love the Sandman, but but it's fucking awesome. Yeah. Better call Saul. I would, oh, I would yeah, have shit. The boys. Oh, good one. Yeah. Oh, the fuck? Like, see, th- there's so much good TV we're forgetting. Yeah. We're forgetting I, what came out this year. I tried making a list. Even like Peacemaker, we both really, really liked. And Peacemaker, Peacemaker was getting buried now by all these other ones. Yeah. Yeah, good call on that. Um now this is next level and i think the next time we do like a massive endeavor in the dork universe i think i kind of want to you know how we did top 50 comic book movies i think i might want to do top 50 tv shows and with yeah. with that in mind and that's that's a very daunting task because that would include any, everything mm-hmm. off the top of your head now again it, it, like ballpark it is it fair to say better call saw is a top 10 tv show of all time yes I think so too. Yes. And I would say I, I coming. Yeah. I'm coming from a very different place than I, I get. I know that from most people. Um, hmm. Someone tweeted out the other day that like, like it was like a don't at me, but they're like breaking bad and better call Saul are better than the Sopranos. And I was like, that's the, yeah. I was like, it absolutely. I think it was Lucy. It was Lucy Burge. I was, and I was like, that's, it's not even close it, to me in my mind. Yeah. Like, I feel like the Sopranos, if, if, Shot for shot, if The Sopranos came out now, it'd be good. It's good, but it's not that level. I think at the yeah. time, at the time when HBO started doing TV, like started doing like episodic shows, yeah, no, it was good. It was really good. Too much filler. And again, I don't think I've I could name a bad episode of either one of these shows. No, I I don't either. And I think early on in Better Call Saul, there were definitely some moments. Especially with uh, Michael McKeon, who played his brother, mm-hmm. uh, Saul's brother or Bob Odenkirk's brother, that it, I don't want to say it's it dragged, but there was definitely a very dialogue heavy, and it would kind of like the story was like you're kind of wondering where it was going. Mm-hmm. It, slow burn, not a slog, but there was there were parts of it early on that it was a slow burn, and I wonder if even the show itself kind of knew where they were going before they really embraced like bringing in the drug cartel guys and like like really kind of leaning on those guys a little bit more but see this is why this show works for me and i'm not this isn't me being like a an apologist for it or whatever but like this season and i feel like this is what vince gilligan does better than anybody it's like i did this for this reason there's always a payoff for that like it was slow so you would see this transition yeah 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 and then because you know saul like when you meet him he's saul and to see the one go and the, those two kind of things like bleed together was brilliant. Yeah, yeah it's pretty crazy. And I think, uh, um, you know, again, Breaking Bad, I know, is your favorite show. It's probably my mm-hmm. second favorite show. But you're like, all right, you're doing any kind of spinoff off of that. And you're like, all right, good luck. Like, good luck making it as good. And I, I will and be, I hated this idea when yeah, we first pitched right. it. I hated yeah. it. Because I think when we first started doing this podcast, we even mentioned it. Yeah. Oh, probably. Because we, we were had just finished Breaking Bad or whatever. And like, oh, they're actually going to do like a Saul spinoff. And I'm like, fuck. Like, do we really need this? Yeah. We but did I know. Every, like, every season of Breaking Bad, by the way, I think it's in our archive. If you want to check that out, we did a season recap of each mm-hmm. one. Like, obviously, after the fact, because that came out before we even did the podcast. But yeah, it's, it's risky. And, but, um, it's also difficult. And we talk about this when it comes to like star Wars or any other thing that does prequels where you're like, all right, you kind of roughly know how it is going to end. And mm-hmm. yet you still have to tell this whole story that we don't know about 
with a character that we've already been introduced to, and then you have to lead up to a part, but you can't fuck up anything that already happened in the main right. show. Like you can't. Like every time Saul's life is injured, you know he's gonna live. So you have to find other ways to have like the tense moments, right? Because you can't yeah. threaten his life. It doesn't make any sense to threaten his life. We know he survives it. And one of the things that like it did, and it, and, it did an unbelievable job. Yeah. Yeah, and this isn't a spoiler because and the person up until this season who you're. The, there's this one person who you're always worried about always yes. and that's Kim yeah 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 and yep. you're all like what's going to happen cuz she's not in breaking bad at all nope so you're like what the fuck is going to happen and i remember even like after seasons we would talk about this and be like that's the one thing that we don't what know what do they do yep 100% and that would be the one thing that i think would be like devastating for him would be if to lose her so yeah. what they and what they did with that was amazing as well i also think what they ended up doing, which really pulled in my attention, was it served as not only the prequel for Breaking Bad, but also the epilogue, in a sense. And mm -hmm. so they gave us El Camino, the Netflix Jesse Pinkman movie. But then this movie also, and even going back to the early days of Better Call Saul, you see yet another version, Gene uh, Takovic, another character mm -hmm. that Jimmy McGill slash Saul Goodman is playing. And that is after Breaking Bad. So you're like, all right, anything that happens here is after all the stuff that we saw with Walter White yeah. and even Jesse Pinkman. And so I was praying. I'm like, I hope they give us more of this and not just like a five-minute thing at the end. And they did. We'll get into that coming up, but they did. They did plenty of that, which I love. Mm -hmm. I would also say this show is probably the most similar to Barry, where like if you are a film student and you care about how like things are shot or how like a character in episode two was shown in the light. And then in episode seven, they were in the shadows. And then episode two, like this also is that like, if you love why things are done a certain way or why a shot is left on a character longer than whatever. Some of the other shows that I personally love, I don't think they care about that as much, but better call Saul and Barry both crush that. And, the, and it's, it's the, what I love about this, and this is like heady and, you know, I don't, I'm going to, again, and I hate myself for saying this, but like the intentionality of mm -hmm. all of it, like this was, you know, we talk about our Pepe Silvia boards, but I see that like, yeah. we're putting the puzzle together and like Vince Gilligan's holding the box. Like he knows where you're going to take this mm -hmm. and he's already figured it out. Which I love. Right. Like, cause it's, it's the ultimate, not insulting the audience, right? It's the ultimate, right. like, I've already thought about this. It's not and like one of the issues that I know a lot of like wrestling fans had for a while is like, did you write the end of this storyline or did you just like write just it? Week making week? it up. And then just yeah. like, I don't know. Fuck. I don't know. We're, we're trying. No, and so I, I liken it to, if, if you played video games long enough, you know, like there's those games where like there's puzzle aspects to it. And if you figure it out or even like game of Thrones, like if you figure it out, you feel really smart, but like the yeah. showrunners are like, yeah, that's, we wanted, we're kind of guiding you that way, but you, you, it's, you like, I felt smart, you know, like yeah. figuring stuff out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also the acting is off the charts in this, like Bob Odenkirk, Rhea Seahorn, who plays Kim Wexler, like everybody that they had on the show is so good. Obviously bringing back some of the breaking bad characters as well, which mm -hmm. I would ask you this, knowing that it was going to be a prequel and then kind of really ramp it up in this final season. Is there too many connections, just enough connections, or not enough connections to Breaking Bad? It was it was perfect because the way, and again, we can't we can get it when we get into spoilers, but the way they did it, it was like if you haven't seen it yet, it was like okay, so the, 
there's a scene that you know, but like what's going on like in the next room? Yeah. Because there's a scene with like two characters who like just Saul and Walter are talking and two other characters are in the next or just outside his office talking. Yeah. Um, and that was a really cool scene. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah. No, I thought they did a good job. And unfortunately, it's like, you know, the with Twitter and everything else, just like with movies and casting, like Walter White, Jesse Pinkman weren't a surprise. Mm-hmm. Even some of the other characters were less. But again, we'll get into that. They they ended up bringing in a, a whole bunch of them. Uh, fair, six out of six. Six out of six. Obviously. Six out of six. Uh, anything else non-spoiler you want to hit on? No, because I can't wait to talk about the okay. rest of it. Right. Spoilers. 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 Here come the spoilers. All right, you already hit on it, but Kim Wexler, an incredibly important character, and unlike uh, Saul and Mike and Gus, Kim is not in Breaking Bad. She's not referenced in Breaking Bad outside of there's like one time where Saul Goodman makes like an ex-wife joke, which mm-hmm. I don't even think is intentional. I think it just no. might be like, like a conversation kind of thing. You no, know, he says it. I remember, I forget where the context of it, but it's like a very Rodney Dangerfield, like, oh, my ex-wife, you know? Like, yeah, it's not even, and, yeah. and again, like this is one part where at that point, they didn't know this story. So as good yeah. as Vince Gilligan and Peter Gould are, like, they didn't have that. But anyway, Kim Wexler, what they were going to do with her, there was, does she die? And I felt as the season went on, as the show went on, you can't really kill her nope. and have Saul still be the kind of comic act that he is at times. I don't think it would have worked. No, he so, would have completely fallen apart. Correct. So the fact that they didn't kill her, but they also didn't give her the uh, vacuum man tre- treatment either. They didn't make her like disappear. How do you think they handled the fate of Kim Wexler? So I did. I am a Breaking Bad Vince Gilligan like nerd. So yep. the, the the episode, I think it was the third to last episode that they finally showed you like what happened to Kim. Um, she's in Florida. She's working for a sprinkler company, like doing their catalog. So I'm reading this about about this episode, and it's like the most boring thing. But one of the things that Vince Gilligan said, and I think this is absolutely perfect. If you watch that episode again, which I did after reading this, Kim refuses to make a decision about anything. So she's like, it was something stupid. Like they were trying to figure out what ice cream to get the receptionist for like her birthday. And she's like, vanilla or strawberry. She's like, whatever. Couldn't but do she's it. She's like so petrified to make a decision. And it's which counter is- to her first five seasons where right. she was so smart. She was a great lawyer. Yep. She was like always thinking on her feet. Like she was, she was great. And so what Vince Gilligan said, he's like, we were trying to find something to do with her that was somehow worse than death. Yeah. Like, oh, that is fucking her. Yeah. yeah, Horrifying. Like like, how she dressed, like the whole thing was like not like she was punishing herself. Yes. And I thought that was that was the perfect way to do that for that for that specific character to have to live that boring ass, like, you know, having to ask people like how to, you know describe a sprinkler head oh like could you imagine like you, that's a job yeah like, oh, it's a job shame exactly. anybody but fuck man could you imagine that job tough. no it's tough and especially tough. her like she she worked so hard um but also like fair to say kim not 100 percent innocent in all of this like i think when you really yes. get into whether or not jimmy mcgill saul goodman gene takovic 
you get into the question on like if he's a good guy or not. Like we asked this a lot of times with certain characters in these shows. Like we asked it with with Barry, and we were like, right. no, he's not. He's not a good guy. So there's more good guy in Saul, but even like the the big one of the big storylines in season six was them going after Howard. Mm-hmm. Kim was right there, kind of pushing that thing through. Even uh, there was a couple of times where Saul wanted out, and Kim kept pushing him forward. And I think that's exciting you know for for a character like him like that's exciting to like get one over on people and to like i mean she was always the champion of like the underdogs and maybe they saw themselves as like this underdog taking on this you know uh hamlin mcgill yeah you know firm and whatever and he was the you know i think there's a jealousy that like they wanted to be howard like they worked really hard to be him and they couldn't so like what's the what do you do then you take that down right um And they, you know, it, it, that ends the way it ends. But uh, as far as like rooting for Saul or Jimmy or Gene or whatever, I, I love, and I've said this before, like I love these, like I like the tricky slaves are like these trickster characters mm-hmm. that you're kind of rooting for. Like in any type of story or in any type of like tragedy, you have these characters that are like funny or that like, yeah. the, you know, um, and I think he played that role in Breaking Bad where it's like, you needed him to explain things to like Walter and Jesse while also knowing that he's kind of in it for himself as well. Mm -hmm. Like he has his own motives, um, which are on full display in this show. But I, I've even like broken it down as to like, you know, the id ego, super ego of like all these characters, like Saul Goodman is like the id, like he wants money. He wants respect. He wants anything impulsive. Like that's who Saul is. You know, but don't you and think I, Saul, and again, if the whole idea is like breaking bad, don't you think mm-hmm. Saul is a better actual person than Walter White is? Well, that so this is a great segue because there's that cameo with they're in the, the vacuum guy's basement, and there's a conversation between Walter and Saul. Yeah, right. And he, he has this conversation with all these characters, which I thought was brilliant. This the the three perspectives of like basically, do you have any regrets? If you had a time machine, where would you go? And then Walter sniffs it out immediately. He's like, like, talking about regret. Just ask me what I regret. Yeah. And the most important thing he says to him, once, you know, he goes through his whole thing about uh, gray matter and whatever, and he looks at him and he says, so you were always like this. Yeah. Because you have characters like Mike says something like, I took my first bribe this day and forever that changed me. So the choice I made. March 17th, 1984, I believe. Yeah. And he said that choice changed my life. Walter's like, that choice I made changed my life. And then he looks at Saul and he says, so you're just always like this. Because mm-hmm. Saul would have gone back. That's the difference. Saul basically would have bought stock and something just so he could have been like a billionaire. Like he right. just wanted money. Yeah. Right. And so I think that's the difference between, at some point during Breaking Bad, you stop rooting for Walter White. You should, anyway. <laughs> Whether you do or you're not, you're right. You're, there's like, a, there's uh, a moment where you're like, okay, wait, like this guy's kind of a piece of shit. Well, I think you're right, because in Breaking Bad, it, it ended up being easy, and, like, Skyler got a brunt of the shit, especially from fans. Right. But when he started to cross, not even when, like, he crossed Jesse all the time, but, like, Jesse and Hank and, like, Jesse's relationships and the fucking, what's his, like, the poor little kid, like, all that yeah. stuff is, like, insane. And you're like, all right, I'm not rooting for Walter. When he killed, when he lets Jessica Jones die, like, I'm right. not, you know what I mean? All that yeah. stuff. And but. so and so for Saul, there was always that moment too, like up until the very end of the last episode, where I'm like, fuck, he might actually get away with this. Yeah. And like I'll he, tell you, like I I think it's a very satisfying ending. 
Absolutely. And I think the, my favorite part about it is him being him. He won. He knew he did. Yep. And, but he made the choice. It, he's like, I'm going to, if I'm going to go down, it's going to be, I did it. I'm not, because remember he's in the cell and he's like, this is how you go. This is how you go down. Like, yeah. this is how you go down. And he's like beating himself up. And he fucking takes these lawyers, this gang of lawyers. Like he did unspeakable things and he was going to get like seven years, seven years. He got it down to seven years and he was about to get like uh, cert- what was it? Like a certain kind of ice cream every week. Like he like negotiated blue bunny or something like, like blue bunny yeah. ice cream. He's like, it's really fucking good. And it was so trivial and so meaningless. But the fact yeah. that like he knew uh, I could have done that. And everyone yeah. in the room knew that like I was, this was a done deal until I said, I'm doing it my way. But then Kim got a guilty conscience and Kim went and mm-hmm. talked to Howard's widow and explained the whole thing to her. So she sort of outed herself. Now, again, neither one of them killed Howard. That was Lalo, who will also get, we haven't even mentioned Lalo, one of the great villains ever. Yeah. And kind of a throwaway because when Saul is first introduced in Breaking Bad and Jesse and Walter get him, they have the bag over his head and everything. Uh, he's like, free, Saul's freaking out and he mentions Lalo and Nacho. Yeah. And fucking... They end up creating both of those characters into this show, and they're both awesome. Like Nacho is a great character. Oh, Nacho is unbelievable. He's awesome, unbelievable character. And then Lalo is probably just under Gus Fring. Is like, oh yeah. I mean, Walter's also a villain, actually. So it's like the really shootout fun. at Lalo. The shootout at Lalo's house might be the, one of the when he goes and like has that secret tunnel under the bathtub. Oh, oh that my was god, so cool. Oh, incredible. Yeah. But so he mentions those guys, and you mentioned these uh, these different flashbacks, and you have the the Walter Jesse Saul scene. So they sort of expand on that, and I know mm-hmm. a lot of people are like, "Ah, oh, Jesse looks older." Yeah, he's older. Well, yeah, it's like he is. Fuck off. He's like, older. He's, I'm not really yeah. as worried about that. Yeah. Uh, and then you have the Walt and Saul scene that Davey already mentioned, and then really cool. And this might have been I, I, some people might have been like, "All right, well, what are the chances?" But I actually really, really enjoyed Jesse and Kim. And it ties Kim into this universe even more. The two of them having a conversation outside of Saul's place and Jesse basically asking Kim like if he's a good lawyer or not. Right. Pretty cool. Because and, and it's so cool because those and again, that's the conversation where um Walt is pretending to be Badger's father, right? And trying to get him because remember Badger got arrested and he's trying to be like Mr. Mayhew, he's trying to be like Badger's father. And so that conversation happens. But outside, you have these two characters who, for all intents and purposes, have been brought into this, like kind of against their will, trying yeah. to figure out whether or not to trust these people. And they're kind of, and I, I think others have said this too, but they're sort of like, uh, moral compass is probably too far, but like they're sort of like the heart of the show, yes. right? Because you have Saul and Walter who are like the stars of the show, but then it's like, the people that I think everybody is rooting for is Jesse and Kim. Yes. And, you know, and then and they, they, they are the two that get away. Right. Yeah. In, in a sense. Yeah. And, yep. and that's kind of what you're hoping for. And everyone else gets exactly what they deserve. You're right. And that, that's a great way of putting it. Cause Walter's such a, fu- a shit fuck. And like, so Walter dies, uh, Saul's kind of in between. So he just ends up life in prison or 86 years in prison. And that's exactly where he belongs. And by the way, I love the fact that he's like a fucking stud in jail because he knows all of those and he probably got them off or something. So he's fine. I'm glad glad you brought that up. He is a celebrity in prison. They're chanting, they're singing his song on the bus on the way over there. And so he's fine. And again, he could have gotten out of there seven years 
and gotten out, but he also wanted to make sure that Kim was okay. And so Kim ends sort of back as a lawyer again, which is really what she always should have been. Like she's mm-hmm. a tremendous lawyer and she's actually trying to help the little guy out. So that was cool. Uh, Howard's another really good character. And mm-hmm. I wasn't sure where they were going with him, but another guy that we know is not in Breaking Bad. So I'm like, how is he going to go? Is he just going to go down with all this? But then again, like it'd be weird if Howard was in the universe while Saul is doing his whole thing during that that run. Yeah. So them killing him and Lalo killing him specifically was pretty crazy. And then on top of it, knowing that Lalo and Howard are buried underneath where Walter and together make yeah. like Fucking like awful. literally on top of each other. Pretty crazy. Is and that's kind of like you know. And then you get into the character of Mike and, you know, yeah. all the shit he's done to like the being the fixer and covering these things up. Oh my God. And in a sense, he gets what he deserves oh. too. Uh, you, know, yeah, you, you hate enough. to see it, but like okay. he gets what he deserves too. you know, um, same with Frank and everybody. But the, and again, the two people, like you said, who wind up walking are yeah. him and Jesse. Uh, Carol Burnett had a nice appearance this season as they're going to give her, she's going to get an Emmy nod for like guest appearance. She you should. Oh, I saw. Actually, I have another Steppenwall thing. I think she might have been in it too much for guest. Oh it's no! Kind of like, there's, there's like a ruling on like you can only be in. You have to be in less than half the episodes or something like that. But either way, yeah. she should get something. But she I loved. Ruling. I loved watching Gene slip back into Jimmy. Oh, slipping Jimmy. And I so I the other thing I love too about him kind of taking the rap for this whole thing too is like right before he makes that last statement, they're like Mr. Goodman, blah blah blah. And he's like, the name's McGill. So he went up there as Jimmy McGill, not Saul Goodman. Yeah. And I thought that was such an important distinction. They're like, who's talking right now? Because up until that point, he was back to being Saul. A hundred percent. And I also like the one last flashback with Chuck, his brother, played by Michael McKeon. And um he was reading that, the time machine. Yeah, and the, yeah, right. He's reading the time yeah. machine. And it's also where you see like Saul or Jimmy didn't really get along with Chuck and like had so many problems with him. And yet Chuck was dealing with all that stuff. Remember, he was afraid of electricity mm-hmm. and everything else. And he was still bringing him his food, bringing him his drinks, bringing him his paper, bringing it like every single day. And even Chuck's like, you can have somebody else do this. He's like, no, like I got it. You're so my brother. Yeah, like, like Walter yeah. White wouldn't do that shit. You know no. what I mean? Like he's no. He's a better guy. Um, I took a few notes here during the show as well. Um, one of the really cool scenes. So after uh, this is, I think, the first episode back from the break, episode eight, and Lalo's back, and he has this whole plan. He wants Saul to go kill Gus. Mm-hmm. And Saul convinces Lalo to let Kim go, and Kim's going to go kill Gus. Mm-hmm. she doesn't take off like i think i think saul's trying to tell her like go like just go and she literally yes. goes over that like, she's gonna she's gonna kill him and what a really cool scene in there is when they explain to gus like after the fact that saul convinced lalo to let kim go and he's like what like basically being like nobody convinced lalo to do anything to that do lalo anything. doesn't want to do and like who the fuck is this guy yeah. who can talk his way out of that Correct. Awesome. Like what talk about getting the character over by doing something like that yeah. was great. But my other takeaway was like Kim was legit gonna go kill that. It was gonna go kill Gus if she could have. And she didn't know who he was. And that was and that, that she's like this this guy, he had to like describe him to her. Uh-huh. Um, 
describe the house, describe what it looked like. And that's another crazy thing. He had that whole thing where he was going to like the neighbor's house. Yeah. Like that was wild. That was, that wild. was really, that was really yeah. cool. Uh, episode 10. I like this one just because this was the one where uh, he's doing his whole clothes scheme. He's doing the mm-hmm. Cinnabons thing with the security guard. And so he's talking about Nebraska football because Gene now lives in Nebraska. And this is legit. They, they were talking about Taylor Martinez, who was the quarterback for them. And he was talking about this crazy game that he had, which was legit in 2010. So, like, you know that the Gene portion in Nebraska takes place in 2010. So I thought that was pretty good. I like that. And it was so amazing to see by the way uh i forget the the actor's name the guy who played jerry gergich in parks and rec was awesome yeah um how quickly gene picked up on like nebraska football like how much he knew like the very first time he was kind of bullshitting and was like oh yeah that team you know blah 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 and then by like their other conference he was in it like he He had he had to he knew that that was in yeah then how much research he had to do to do that shit oh my god yeah the final two, or actually, uh, no, no, no. I think it might have been the second to last, third to last. Um, so Saul is talking to his secretary, who's been through thick and thin with them, and she references Skyler, yes, Skyler White, and says that Skyler took a deal, and then also references that Jesse Pinkman took like a like his car got stopped or whatever. So it's a oh, good they found little- his car and yeah. like he's not there. Like they, yeah, yeah. So it's like kind of like so that you know, like El Camino shit, but then it also sort of lets you know that Skyler's around and does that whole thing. This was also the first time that they referenced Kim in the future, that like Gene's character referenced Kim. So by episode 11, you knew for a fact Kim survived that whole thing. You kind of had an idea. Um, uh, because he asked, she's like, Oh, I talked to Kim, and he's like, Oh, she asked if Saul was alive, etc. Uh, by the way, Saul also sings Brandy, you're a fine girl at karaoke. Shout out to the uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. Um, let's see. But also very telling of like his relationship with Kim. That like, yeah, hundred percent. You know, you're a fine girl, but like my life is the my life, my love, and my lady is the C. His C, which is you know, the game. You know, that's his C. But that whole fucking argument that they got into, and then basically kind of leading Kim to go turn herself in. And Saul, like, he kind of turns on a dime because Saul's almost too... uh, He's not a good guy, but he's too good to Kim, I think, for too long. And that's what I was kind of wondering. is like, all right, how are they going to end this relationship? If neither one of them dies, how are they going to pull this off? And it's like after Howard dies and Kim changes and and Saul's trying to be like, you know what? Eventually, you're not going to think about it, and then it's going to be over. And Kim doesn't really buy that, and that's what no. sort of tears them apart. And I think he, the, he drops a "Have a good life, Kim" on her when they're talking on the phone. Yeah. Like, and I think like, that's—I mean—that's got to be him pushing, like pushing her away. And I think that um, his ultimate decision to like go to jail is his way of being like, "We're done. Like, you, like there's no future to this at all. Like, you need to. We're done." Like you can't like protecting her in a way. Yeah. Because I think had he got on a, on a, she would have waited for him. Like if he, if she had known that he was going to be out in seven years, she would have waited. And as soon as he got out of jail, they would have been the same thing. Over, like all back to it because yeah, he, yeah. she can control. She can't control her nature any more than he can. He's always going to be slipping Jimmy. Saul he is slipping like he's Jimmy. never going to change. She's, she's a little bit more slipping Kim than you would think. Right, but the, she even together. says when they get the two yeah. of us together doesn't work. And I think yeah. her saying is like, "We're gonna 
we're really going to get in some fucking trouble if we keep doing this. So that was his way of like, like cutting that and being like, we can't, we're done. We can't and there's be together. That, that last scene where she, uh, they're smoking the cigarette together. Mm-hmm. Like they, people have made the connection online. I think episode one of season one, it's like the two of them leaning up against the wall, like ripping a butt yep, so outside like, the courthouse. What a difference that right. is. Yeah. Yeah. So last thing I have for you is this is from Alan Sepinwall, who writes uh, covers TV for the Rolling Stone. I referenced before he even wrote a book about Breaking Bad, which I haven't read, which I probably should. I should probably pick that up as well. So this was in one of his episode recaps. And so there's a couple of questions within here. I'm curious what you think. Yep. So he says, while Gene and Kim are on the phone, he refers to Gus, meaning G- uh, Gene, refers to Gus by name as one of the dead people who will no longer endanger them. That he does not bother to explain who he is implies that Kim already knows and that Gene knows that she knows. Maybe at some point in Breaking Bad years, he reached out to her to tell her the name of Mike's mystery employer, a.k.a. the man Kim was once prepared to murder. Or maybe he just assumes that she figured it out because Gus's name was no doubt publicized in the wake of his own murder and all the post Ozymandias news coverage of Walter White's operation. So I think that that would have been national news, right? So I think that they they would, she's smart enough to have like, she would have followed the news in Albuquerque all the time. If she's asking about him, she wants to know if he's showing up in any obituaries. Like my mother will like read police blotters and like obituaries and call me and tell me who died or who got arrested. That's her thing now. Yeah. Um, so she would have been doing like, so there would have been this news out of Albuquerque that this meth kingpin who was, you know, pillar of the yeah. community was running his chicken restaurants, Gus Fring, blah, blah, blah. She would have put those together. You're probably right. So basically in that breaking bad time, mm-hmm. was it six think, years? They said, I think so. I mean, yeah. I know it's what five seasons or whatever. Well, I might not. I think been... he's, I think he says to her on the phone, like six years, like it's been six years. Oh, okay. Something like that. He's been Gene for like six years. So do you think, do you think they talk or no? How about this? How about forget Gene? Mm-hmm. Do you think Saul Goodman in Breaking Bad ever talked to Kim? Or do you think they just did no. not? Yeah, probably didn't have contact. No. I'm probably with you on that too. Um, but yeah, I, they pulled it off because again, I was thinking either she got the vacuum cleaner treatment or she died. And I was like, she if she dies, it's kind of more loopholes here or more bottles. But they figured it out. They kind of threaded the needle where I think they kind of they kind of nailed it. What was it. the other question? So there's another question you had? No, there was just two questions within there. And I, I guess it was just uh, it's the same question, right? Like, did she know? Did she know who Gus was? But she probably like you said, she probably sniffed it out on her own. Yep. And then my other question was, like, did, did they talk at all during the Breaking Bad years? Probably, probably not. not. She probably moved right to Florida. Right. And was mm-hmm. down there that whole time. And you saw him doing his thing with his hookers, his hooers. And his oh, uh, yes. uh, his lifestyle. I don't think he was calling oh, her. No, probably not. But I, you gotta you gotta imagine they were keeping tabs on each other at some point, right? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, for her, looking into him was a lot easier than the other way around. Yeah. Like he's got all those commercials. He's still like very public as a, yeah. a, a attorney and all that stuff. All right. Anything else on uh, Better Call Saul? Perhaps no. the best show of 2022. Best show. I am buying the Alan Seppenwall book right now. Are you? Oh yeah. All right. Let me let me know. How cover. Is. I'm going to read the shit out of that thing. He had some good. Uh, I would try to read some of his Better Call Saul recaps too. Oh, I will. And like 
he's interviewed all of them too. Like he, I've seen him tweeting back and forth the Rhea Seahorn stuff. So he's got, he knows them. He also uh, did not like the first episode of House of the Dragon, and people were giving him shit. So, I mean, anyway. the guy knows he's. I mean, he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. yeah. He also loves the Sopranos, though. So there's that. I mean, yeah, I mean, ah, people do. People. I, and again, I'm not saying I don't like the Sopranos, but there's a lot, yeah. like you said, there's a lot of fluff. There. Yeah, yeah. You know the shit oh. with. Uh, I think I the stuff with like AJ, like at the end when he was all like sad and mopey. Like I didn't need that. No, it's just again, like Breaking Bad and The Wire have proven that like every episode should count, and so like right. a show like The Sopranos is good. I mean, I like it, but it's it's certainly it's not, not this. It's not as airtight as the as this show. That is that's definitely true. Grab his dick and twist it. No, that's not what I'm looking for. I love how you like. I can tell when you're searching for a button. You're like, shit. Like, tell me if this is true. So when there's that dead air, and then we get a sounder. That's you trying to find what you're looking for. I'm like, fuck. I'm just gonna play this, just so eat some time, and then I'll find what I'm looking for. Am I right? Sometimes. No, that time I was specifically looking for. Grab his dick. Twist his dick. Okay. Yeah, I was looking for that. <laughs> I had this queued up, but I wanted to play that first. Pick of the bomb. Pick of the bomb. Pick of the bomb. All right, Rob, would you like to kick, receive, defer, or you may choose at this time to defend a goal? I will I will defer, which is the smart choice. Well, I'm going to receive because, again, I don't want to kick twice. You don't want to kick twice. That's what would happen. I've seen that happen. I've seen that happen. Uh, I watched a pile of shit on Netflix uh, this past week. I have four things, and they're all like, I would say between like a four and a five, like right. So they're not okay. amazing, but they're all kind of worth watching. So I finally watched Uncharted with, uh, yep, Tom Holland, Mark Watch Wahlberg that on the airplane. A lot of parkour, pretty good, fun, it's fine, pretty. Yep. Uh, Day Shift, Jamie Fox. I did. Up. I I kind of like Day Shift, by the way. I, I did too. Um, by the way, did you find in Uncharted? Like, how many double crosses can you fit in, like, an hour and a half movie? Like, holy shit. Can we just stop double crossing each other? No, it's like nobody at any point should trust anybody ever. Right. Like, Correct. Uh, we get it. Yeah. yeah right, and, sorry, anyway. So, Day Shift, I thought, was an awesome idea that yeah. didn't – the key didn't turn over. The engine didn't turn over. Like it No, was, I, I probably have Uncharted – ranked higher for the year but again day shift for a jamie fox movie about hunting vampires with do double g like fuck snoop. cowboy snoop yep and then dave franco playing dave franco pissing himself yep just literally legit pissing himself but two <laughs> documentaries both better both better mm-hmm. than the movies two documentaries i saw uh the manti teo story the untold the girlfriend who didn't exist Man, I'll tell you, as somebody who made fun of Manti Teo that like crazy, poor guy, man, he was on. Yeah, I, I do. I don't feel bad for many people, but he got fucking blitzed with that shit. Ugh. And like, honestly, like he didn't do anything wrong. He was just no. kind of like, you know, gullible or whatever the word you want to use for it. And it's like, if one of our friends got fucking hoodwinked on a catfish, we there'd be like five of us who would make fun of him, and we'd all move on. This guy is a Heisman finalist and he's yeah. playing for Notre Dame and gets catfished. And now millions and millions and millions and millions of people know he got catfished. And it's like, he's still a punchline, but he's in this documentary as a two parter. And he comes across great. Like he, yeah. like you're really, you're rooting for this guy. And 
happy to know that he is married to a very attractive woman and he has a kid and like things seem to be going pretty well for him so and, and again like you said it's just a nice person like he, you yeah. know, he didn't and that's what sucks about everything most most of the internet sucks and i think that's yeah. one of the first cases where like you got someone clowned on a global fucking scale yeah, like it was global. the first catfish story I'd ever heard of. I yeah. didn't know what that was. Yeah, it was brutal, man. Back in 2013. So, yeah. but thankfully he's doing all right. And again, like I feel bad that I was shitting on that guy for a while, or at least making fun of him. It was, it was easy to make fun of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also watched the the one that you mentioned last week, the I just killed my dad. Yeah. Pretty Decent. good. Pretty, pretty good documentary. And I thought it was cool to see the justice system like work. For somebody once because you hear like you know making a murder or whatever like people kind of get screwed by the justice system and yeah i mean it's kind of a spoiler no we're in oh, without without yeah i was gonna say without giving too much away i was kind of surprised i was very surprised yeah. at how it ended yeah right that. so yeah. it was nice yeah. what do you got so i listened to i don't listen to this podcast very often um but this popped up and like something it was like recommended to me so i listened yeah. to it yeah um steve-o's wild ride oh nice um he had so he, steve-o's been traveling around in like a camper van and like has like a mobile podcast studio um and he actually talked to bam margera this week or like a week ago so no way oh yeah so so it's good because you finally so i don't know if you've been paying attention but there's like you know the whole like britney spears like conservatorship ended and like people are worried about britney so kind of the same things happening to bam um, where people like free Bam, like they think he's under like some conservatorship and like people are stealing money from him. It's not true. And, and so basically Bam's been in and out of rehabs for a year. Yeah. And he, fi- it's good to hear him tell his side of it, which is great. It's good to hear he's, he's, he's at spoil. He's doing well. Like everything's he's, he's been a year. Um, but so many fucked up things have happened. Now, the only thing I will say is that like, Steve-O, who is also in recovery and is in the program, gets a little like sanctimonious on him. Like Bam's there to like talk to his friend and like yuck it up and like tell these funny stories. And he's like, well, Bam, you know, you gotta do make sure your your recovery comes first. And then you know. and he's like, dude, just let, let the guy talk. Right? Yeah. That's a good so scene. it's it's actually funny. So Bam's been kicked out of rehab twice, not for like violating anything, but in the most bam ways possible. For instance. He was in 75 days in this recovery. He was supposed to do like 100 days. You get, he's in 75. They kick him out because he didn't shower for 75 days. 75 days? He's like, I'm not trying to get any... In his band way, he's like, I'm not trying to get any fucking pussy in here, man. What the fuck do I care, you know? So I'm wearing the same sweatpants, minging-ass sweatpants for 75 days. So they kick him out. He has to start his 100 days all over again. <laughs> so like, man. that's one of the stories he tells. And he's like, you know, and then I got... You know, I was supposed to see my son, and then they're like, you know, if you don't bring my son, I'm gonna jump off. I'm gonna go to the building, top of the building, and jump off the building. And he's like, he's in Florida, so they have like this, like they have to like they have to institutionalize it, like a it was a risk, right? Because he said I'm gonna jump off a building. He's like, but I jump off buildings every day, man. That's what I do for a job. You don't even know who the fuck I am. Like, oh my god. But Steve-O the whole time is like, you know, just make yeah. sure that you're blah. I was like, dude, he's fine. Just leave him alone, right? Just let him tell a story. Well, yeah, that kind of drove me nuts about the whole jackass thing. In the last, so they do talk about they do they okay. do bring that up, okay. and he's like, Steve O to his credit is like, look, we can't, you know, basically he's like, you know, I'm getting high fived. He's like, I got my teeth knocked out like doing something stupid like on the Jackass Two press tour, but now if I take my Adderall, like I'm not, 
allowed on set. And he's like, well, and Steve was like, contextually, it's a little bit different. We're all older now. Like, it's not cool. It's not funny anymore. Like, it's, you know, so yeah. it, it was good to hear the, the kind of the back and forth with that and get some clarity on it. But the last thing I'll say, so he, um, they talk about people stealing money from him and stuff. And he's like, my dad's my accountant. All he wants is Elvis memorabilia and like hoagies. Like he's not like, <laughs> no, for sure. like oh, cheese steaks and hoagies. Like he's not stealing from me. He's like, if he does steal from me, he's going to buy fucking Elvis capes. Yeah. And, and for getting his ass beat for 10 years straight, he deserves it. Exactly. He'll just take whatever he wants. <laughs> exactly. Would you make a case that in say circa 2000, 2001, that Bam Margera was the coolest person in the world? Yeah. I mean, you got to figure like he was the most famous um skateboarder in the world like he had the highest i think he had the highest deck sales at a, even like tony hawk like he sold more yeah. boards than tony hawk in that time span and like and i was cky meme, and jackass the two of them together like he was the coolest dude in the world and there was like a meme that i saw the other day uh, my buddy fridge sent me he was like how cool was bam margera that he convinced the entire world that him was a good band <laughs> i liked a couple of their songs there are a couple of songs but they're not like no, they did the fucking best cover of Rebel Yell I've ever heard. But yeah, that was one of them. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah, that was that was definitely one of them. All right, I'll check out that podcast for sure. I and look. it's only like an hour. All so, right, yeah, I'll have to fast forward Steve O on his high horse. That's my Steve O impression because he his his voice is like shot. That's fucked. Yeah, yeah, it's fucked. It's a good Steve O though. Yeah. That much. All right, well, you can rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You can uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at Dork Podcast. Subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. We uh, stream these live on Monday nights. And again, email us, dorkpodcast at gmail.com. Oh, we get some more emails of the episodes too. So fire oh, yeah. Yeah, to that. those in the inbox. Of, you may have a random question or a comment. We can read those. Uh, and anything for should I have bought this $25 minimum on that. That'll do it for this week. Next week, The Sandman. Can't, Can't wait, wait to talk about The Sandman. Everybody watch The Sandman. Uh, right, you don't give a shit about anything, do you? What did you say? I said you don't give a shit about anything, do you? Not really. <laughs>